You're listening to This Nomad Life. And I'm your host, Minnie Van Lee. Hello and welcome to This Nomad Life. I'm your host, Minivan Lee, and I live in my minivan full-time. I'm out here in Quartzsite, out on the desert near Quartzsite and Parker, and I'm parked here. I have a very special friend that I want you to meet. His name is Paul. We met when Joanne and I were out here boondocking together, and he was parked pretty close. He's so interesting. I know you're going to enjoy this episode, so let's get started with Paul. Hi, Paul. Good morning. How are you, Lee? I'm good. I'm really good. It's a beautiful morning, finally. Absolutely gorgeous. Much better than yesterday afternoon, that's for sure. That wind. It was really something. What did you think? 40 miles an hour, something like that? Well, I looked and the gusts were like 28. The actual gusts were 28, but it felt like uh, 50. Yeah, at (laughs) least. How how did your rig do? How did, how did it do we, in the we wind? We did a little rocking, but uh, made it through just fine. And how did Abby do? She was fine. She she napped through the whole thing. <laughs> we have Abby here, and it's a beautiful, wonderful, a well mannered dog. Yes, and we'll find out a little bit more about you. Do you want to say hello, Abby? No, she's being shy for once. <laughs> My goodness. Well, Paul. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, am 73 years old. I've been retired uh, from my my main career for nine years now. I did a little part-time work for a few years after I retired from that. I'm out here just enjoying the mountains and the the desert and everything uh, that there is about this. The solitude is wonderful. And, obviously, you can also meet some very nice, interesting people. I live in Michigan, in southwestern Michigan. I've lived in Michigan my entire life. And uh, I love Michigan. I love the Great Lakes. But the desert, obviously, is quite a bit different. But it's a a place that I love also. It's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, I wish I had a mountain in my backyard in Michigan. But that isn't going to be. So That would be nice. It would. So where have you traveled so far, Paul? Well, the last, this is my third year here outside of Quartzsite on the Plumosa Road in that BLM area, the Bureau of Land Management area. I love it out here because you're only six miles from town or so. It's not far at all. The cell service is is decent uh, for being out in the desert. When I am uh, home in Michigan the rest of the year, I am very interested in lake shipping, lake freighters, and so forth. So I like to spend time up in Sault Ste. Marie, where they have to go through the locks to get from one lake to another. It's a very good place to view the uh, the shipping. Then I've, I've done some traveling to Mexico and Jamaica and things of that nature. But I think, especially now with COVID, those, those days are behind me. And that's why I'm here in Arizona rather than than somewhere else like that. But I, I doubt that I'll be traveling internationally any longer. I've seen what I wanted to see, and we'll go from there. Interesting. I'm from Arizona, and I love it out here. 
I mean, I'm used to seeing the mountains, but it's especially beautiful out here. Well, I was up early this morning and uh, the, the mountain range that is off to the west of us, it was just beautiful to see the sun slowly start illuminating those mountains and then as it, as it rose over the eastern mountains. And uh, yeah, it's beauty that you just can't find anywhere else, as far as I know, anyway. Well, tell us about your rig. Well, I have a 2019 Ram ProMaster 2500 high roof. I'm six feet one inch tall, so I wanted a high roof. I didn't want to be uh, bent over all the time, and I can stand straight up in this. It's very comfortable. I have it uh, just basically built. There's nothing real fancy. I don't have built-in cabinets or anything of that nature. I have a, uh, a little, I'll call it a chest of drawers. That's probably stretching things a little bit, but that helps. And then I have a number of wire baskets that I've uh, attached across the uh, walls uh, on each side that I try to uh, just uh, organize and put uh, kitchen supplies in one area, food in another supply, uh, other supplies in another area. And it works very well for just me and my, my dog, Abby. She loves it, I love it, and we get along very well. What got you started doing this? What was the impetus that said, I want to get this rig and I want to go travel? Well, we mentioned the wind earlier. The last two years, I was out here in a tent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there were a few uh, days like we had yesterday afternoon. Yeah. And I did my best to stake the tent and, and put the guy lines down. And three times I had to clean it up, <laughs> pick everything out of it, yeah, yeah. put it back up. And at that point, at 73 years old, I said, I don't need this anymore. I need something that's a little more self-contained and easy to set up and take down. And now with the van, I I can get here in, in no more than a half an hour. I can set up, put a nice mat outside, put a table out there and uh, some other little things. And if I want to leave, I can have everything taken down and inside in a half an hour also. So it works out very well. I like it. Would you consider yourself, growing up, would you consider yourself an outdoors kind of person? Yeah, we did some, uh, we didn't do much camping, but we did rent uh, cottages up north in northern Michigan on a lake. And I really enjoyed that. And uh, I just, I love the outdoors. And I think it's, it's a healthy place to be, especially these days with COVID. Uh, you talk about social distancing. Well, the, probably the closest camper to me is, oh, I don't know, 200 miles, not miles, 200 yards away, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's great. There's, there's yeah. uh, no danger of me catching that terrible stuff from someone else and, uh, unless we get close somehow, but that usually doesn't happen. Have you done a lot of camping in your adult life also? I did. Uh, when I have two sons, and when they were young, uh, I had a, a pop-up camper trailer with the fold-out wings on it, or whatever you'd call those. And we did a lot of camping. A pop-up camper? A what? A pop-up camper? Yes. The, oh, yeah, we had one of those, too, growing up, so, yep. yeah. Those are cool. Exactly. 
and we did a lot of camping up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Loved it, the boys loved it, and now they still both love the outdoors and, and uh, they love to get out and enjoy the outdoors also. So are they pretty much outdoors kind of guys too? Oh, absolutely. Oh, very good. Absolutely. I think a lot has to do with what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Well, we're going to take a commercial break, so don't go away. YouTube.com, Minivan Lee. Videos about nomad life. Instructional videos, travel videos. I will teach you how to live in your minivan or SUV successfully in style. I share ideas and gadgets, including a really great solar setup, so you can keep yourself powered up and have energy throughout your travels. It's a great life, full time. It's also great for using your minivan as a camper for vacations. So go to youtube.com and search for Minivan Lee, L-E-E, -E, Minivan Lee. Please subscribe and ring the bell for notifications. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Here's a question for you in regards to your children. What do they think about your travels? Oh, they love it. We're in not daily contact, but every few days, we usually text each other and they love it. They love to hear what's going on, uh, what I'm doing, where I am, and how's the weather and so forth and so on. They, they absolutely love it. I also have, in addition to my own two sons, I have three stepsons and one of them keeps pretty close tabs on me also. He, he's uh, more uh, an outdoor type and loves to check and see, you know, how's the weather and uh, how's everything going and so forth and so on. So it's very nice. I don't feel alone out here at all, not at all. Yeah, I know I've had people ask me, um, how do I deal with the isolation? I'm really not that isolated at all. There's people not too far from me, not 200 miles, but like 200, <laughs> <laughs> like 200 feet from me. And of course, then I walk over and I met you so I can walk over and say hello to you too. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mentioned it, I almost feel like walking over there to see you is like, I feel like I'm in a little house in the prairie. Like, okay, let me go with my little hat. And I'm going, okay, let me walk across the desert and see my neighbor <laughs> over there. So it's kind of fun. It is. It, it is really fun. is. It's a different way of life, no doubt. No, yes. Okay, so as far as food and cooking, tell us about your cooking and what foods do you cook if you do? Well, Lee, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm not a chef. Far from it. And I don't do a lot of cooking. For instance, for breakfast, if you've ever heard of Just Crack an Egg, it's a little cup that you can buy in the grocery store. It, it usually has sausage, potatoes. They have different flavors and so forth. And all you have to do is crack an egg and add an egg to it in a frying pan, stir it up, and in five minutes, you've got a wonderful breakfast. So that's the kind of cooking I do. It, it's not much uh, fancy stuff at all. For supper, I might do a, a quesadilla with uh, maybe a cheese enchilada, fry that up or something with some corn chips and salsa and, you know, a little bit of stuff on the side. I enjoy chips, uh, you know, and cheese dip, things of that nature. Nothing real fancy. I like to keep it easy. And usually, I'd say I usually only eat two meals a day, breakfast and dinner. And I use the term dinner loosely. It's 
as I said, it, <laughs> it's not fancy, but it works for me. So, and of course, with Abby, all she needs is a scoop of dog food and she's good to go. So I don't have to cook for anyone but myself. Well, I see he's got a wonderful system here. He's got the the uh, wire crates and very handy. I can't show you a picture, but maybe I can describe it. And he's got three across this one side and then hanging down really efficient. Oh, he's got some Fritos. He does like chips. <laughs> I can see that. He's got corn and he's chips. Got, yeah, corn chips. And he's got some um, beef jerky. And of course, he's got his mayo. What do you keep in your cooler? What kind of foods do you keep in there? Have some uh, trail mix and some uh, dried fruit, things of that nature. Actually, that multi-drawer unit there has more clothing and things of that nature in there than it does food items. Because as you can see, most of my food is in these wire racks. Right. It's very neat in here. And it's minimal. Very minimal. So, I, I have to admit, because we're only six miles from Quartzsite, yeah. I, maybe I'm too worried about it, but I haven't gone in a restaurant since I've been out here this year. But there are at least three, uh, I don't know what to call them, a, a truck, uh, what do you call those? Uh, truck stops. There's, oh. Like a, well, they've got a little wagon or a, a trailer, and they open the door, and then they'll... Oh, the, yeah, I you know, I can't think of the name either, yeah. But anyway, there's three of those where you can just walk up to the window, don't have to go inside, you can place your order, take it back to your truck, take it back to your campsite, whatever you'd like to do. And I've done that on a few occasions. I'll treat myself once in a while. To, uh, well, such as there's a place in town called Barbie's, and she has Taco Tuesday, and I try not to miss a Taco Tuesday. She okay. makes a very good set of tacos, and those are always delicious. When I go in, I go to Times 3. It's a restaurant. Oh, sure. Yeah, Times 3. They do pretty well. They're so busy now that when you go in, if it's in the afternoon, you might wait a while because this is their this is their moment. You bet. In Quartzsite, most of their earnings are in this three, four month window. I can understand. And that's that. where they make most of their money for sure. the year. Yeah. And I guess they do very well. So sometimes I go into times three, but I don't go in very often. But mm -hmm. well, that's good to know. I've never heard of Barbies or and I don't know where those they call them chuck wagons or oh. I know. Food 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 truck. Food trucks. That's it. Yeah, there yes. you go. It would come to us eventually. <laughs> yes. Amazon links for gadgets and fun stuff for nomad life. Go to youtube.com and check out the video descriptions. There are links for Amazon products. When you use the links, I receive a small commission when you order within 24 hours of putting the item in your cart. Now, even if you don't purchase that particular product, but you buy something else after using my link, I receive a commission on the item you purchase. This helps fund my videos and my podcast costs, which can be large sometimes. But thank you so much for doing this for me. And all of the links are products that I use and I have already tested out and are for the nomad life or camper life if that's what you choose. Now back to the program.
Welcome back, everyone. Abby, tell us about Abby. Well, Abby is a seven-year-old golden doodle, and she is black as the ace of space. <laughs> doodle, I love that. People ask me what kind of dog she is, and I say golden doodle, and then they kind of look at me cross-eyed. But her father was a black poodle. And of course, the black is is predominant color. So she came out pretty much black. She's got a few brown spots and so forth. But Abby is a joy uh, most of the time. She has a rather a uh, big mouth sometimes. Likes to bark and. But not and, now. Uh, not now. No, <laughs> we want her to say hello to all of you, but she's just looking at us like, no, nope, no, nope, it ain't gonna happen. She's very easy to take care of. Uh, she likes to go for walks as often as possible. I just said that W-A-L-K word, and she looked at me like, oh, are we going out? She loves to go out in the desert. Uh, it, it kind of amazes me because if you've never been to the desert around Quartzsite, it's very, very rocky. And I wouldn't dare think about going out there in my bare feet, but it doesn't seem to bother Abby at all either. And there's also uh, all the prickly, sticky things out there that doesn't seem to bother her a bit. So We'll have to find out what the name of those things are because they, they're, they're there. They're, they're everywhere. Yes, they are. They very, start out red. Right. They're kind of pretty. Yes. And then as they dry out, probably really right around the corner, and, and they become black and they're... They're owies. <laughs> they, they definitely, yes. Very, very small. They're, they evidently don't get very large. What about maybe but, they go up like maybe two inches and then two, three inches, and then they stop and they're just there. Right. They crunch. Right. Yeah. But on her feet, oh my. She seems to do just fine with that. She really enjoys the warmer weather. Although she's used to snow, she uh, seems to, just like me, she's glad to be out of it for a while. And as far as care goes, when we're on the road, she has what I refer to as a trucker's bladder. She, she could go and go and go. She can last longer than I, I'll tell you. Uh, as, so it's not that uh, we have... To, I do pull over every couple hours because I need a rest, and, and I know that she does too, and I take her out, just take her to the dog exercise area, and she loves that. She's just a very easy to care for dog. I'm very happy to have her with me. She's a wonderful companion. I can talk to her and she just looks at me and kind of tilts her head like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'll listen. So that's, it's very nice. Well, describe her. How tall is she? So that, that our listeners can kind of get an idea of oh, I would how big say she is. Maybe two feet. Maybe two and a half. She weighs 62 pounds the last time she was at the vet. And so she's a, she's a medium-sized dog, I would say. And I have her, uh, the passenger seat in the van, uh, her dog bed. I put the back of the passenger seat way back, leaned it way back, and I put her bed there. So she has a wonderful area, whether we're riding or she's sleeping at night. She goes right there and loves it. Looks like she's very comfortable. So tell me more about traveling with a pet. Well, I wasn't sure uh, how much food I would need. I've never come out to Arizona for three months. That's what I plan to, to do roughly this year. 
And so I brought a full bag of the dog food that I always feed her. I understand it's not good to change foods with dogs and probably other animals too. So I wanted to make sure I didn't run out of the food that I normally get for her because it's not available. I bought it, buy it at Costco. Um, and I think the closest Costco to us here in Quartzsite is in uh, Phoenix, I believe. So I didn't want to have to run to Phoenix for dog food. So I brought a full bag and we're doing good. I, I'd say we're about halfway through the bag and we're about halfway through our three months. So we're doing just fine. I do have some treats that I uh, use when she's been a good girl and I want to reward her for that kind of good behavior. But other than that, she... It's very simple. I want to make sure that she always has water, especially out here in the desert where it's so dry. And she does very well with it. She seems to be very happy and life is good. Any health concerns traveling with a pet? Well, Maybe advice for somebody else who might be thinking about, well, I have this dog. How do I get out there? What, what should I look for? Well, I think you have to be aware that we are in a, uh, what should I call it, a wild area, a desert. There are coyotes. There are, although it's still a little cool, but soon the, the uh, scorpions and the snakes are going to be coming out. And I know if Abby saw a snake or a scorpion, she'd want to go up and investigate. Well, <laughs> we don't want her doing that, that's for sure. So I have to keep an eye on her. And you can't just leave your pet out uh, at dusk or dawn. I'd always be out there with her because, again, even if, if a coyote saw Abby, I think Abby might be just a little bit bigger than a coyote. But still, if a coyote is hungry, he might see his next dinner there and uh, try to get after her. So... I just try to keep an, an eye on her out here and make sure that if there's something that I don't want her to get into, that uh, I, I always have her on a leash and I want to pull her away and keep her safe. Do you feel that pets, dogs, should be on a leash even out on BLM land, Bureau of Land Management? Well, that depends on the animal, I guess. If an animal likes to wander some, I would not let a dog do that. If it's off by itself, that's an opportunity for coyote or a bob bobcat or something like that to try to make a meal out of her. And I certainly don't want to see that happen. So if, you're, if your dog stays close, maybe you don't have to worry about it so much. I, I haven't even taken a chance. I, I don't want to let Abby off her leash and, and see what she would do. Well, Abby does not appear to be an aggressive dog. Is there any advice for owners who might have a more of a protection dog when it's out on uh, out in the desert where other people might be walking around? Yeah, I, I Abby does like to bark, as you well know. If only and, she would bark now and say hello, but she right. won't. <laughs> oh, well. But, and a person walking by, she will definitely bark at that person. And I've, 
especially a non-animal, non-dog person, is going to be a little concerned about that. They don't know Abby. They don't know if she's going to come and bite them or, you know, whatever. So it's important to keep her on a leash and make sure that uh, she can't get away to try to go bother somebody. Uh, it's another reason that I want to keep her on the leash. So I know the way she's going to act or not act, but strangers walking by don't know that. So it's good to, to make sure that she's restrained and hopefully they'll see that she's restrained and it won't bother them. I have another question. When you go into an area, do you look to see they have a nice vet? It might be a really small town. Do you look to see if there's a vet available if anything does go wrong with Abby? You know, that's a very good, very good point. I have not done that. I have to believe that there's a veterinarian or two in Quartzsite, but I have not checked. That's a good point because if she was bitten by a rattlesnake, for instance, where am I going to take her? I should I should know that information. Well, that, okay, yeah. I just the the question came to me, and because I've been thinking a lot about pets, and the nomad life, and I know there's a lot of people that do travel with their pets, or they're thinking about it, and they're going to have questions like, well, what do I take with them? What are there any? Is there any equipment that you have that you uh, bring for Abby? I know you've got a couple of toys, but... Yeah, just a couple of toys and, and her leash and her uh, water dish and her, and her food dish, and that's about it. Well, her bed that is in, right. the, in the chair there, but that's about it. Nothing else uh, special. She, she'll get out the, the ball that we brought, and she'll play with it by yeah. herself, actually, for a while. And uh, now I'll help her and throw it and play with her, too. But she's just easygoing and... Uh, like I said, during that windstorm yesterday, she just took a nap. She was not bothered. Yeah, uh, we all were stuck inside yesterday. Yes, we, we were. We had to go inside. We had to do the inside thing yesterday. Thank you for sharing your information about Abby and traveling with the dog. One other question. When you are in town, she stays inside Yes. your rig. Okay. Yeah. If, I, if I'm in town for any length of time at all, there's a number of uh, vacant lots and so forth that I can pull into and put her on her leash and let her right. get out and, and uh, do what she might need to do. But uh, otherwise, she stays right in the van. When I lived in Tucson, I know that they have a law now where they're in the heat because it gets so hot that it's illegal now to leave your dog. Wow. Inside. Oh, yeah. Because they could die, they really could suffer, and they die. So that has always been an issue that I've thought about. Well, what do you do with your dogs when it's in the summer if you're traveling and you're in a really hot area? Well, in Tucson, the last time I was there, I found out what you do. You take them inside. I never saw so many dogs. I mean, even big dogs in Walmart, in the food section, walk around smelling food, and here's this big, large dog just walking around. I'm like, wow. wow. I've actually, and I, I got it on video, I actually caught this lady. She was young, and I just filmed it, and I was just talking to her like, yeah, hey, I just wanted to get it on film. Yeah, she went over to the meat section. She opened up some meat, uh, like some lunch meat, and literally just plopped it on the ground, and this little dog was trying. <laughs> she didn't even cut it up for this poor little dog. And the, I videotaped the dog just eating on the floor. <laughs> huh. that, that's how it is in Tucson. It's okay. crazy. It's pretty much craziness when it comes to pets. Every other person 
had a pet. Yeah. In the Walmarts in Tucson. I just thought I'd add that little bit of piece of information there. That's amazing. Yeah, well, we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back. To be a nomad. I invite you to visit minivanlee.com. There's blogs. There's a great contact form so that you can email me, you can ask me questions, and you can tell me about your life as a nomad or your life getting ready. There's links on there for videos from my YouTube channel. Please visit minivanlee.com today. Welcome back, everyone. Well, Paul, this is really a fun uh, conversation with you. You're very interesting. What activities do you enjoy when you're not traveling? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, of course, in the summertime, I take care of the lawn and uh, things like that. That's a full-time job, isn't it? Well, it's actually a part-time job. Right, right. Yeah. I don't do a lot, I suppose. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm uh, slowing down at this stage of life and enjoying it uh, immensely. I love to read. I love to take Abby for a walk, and that's about it, I guess. What type of work did you do before you retired? Well, I spent my entire career in the office products industry. I started at a dealership in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and then I moved to a uh, wholesale outfit. And from there, I spent the last, oh, I don't know, 15, 18 years at a marketing and advertising firm. I was the vice president of operations and uh, really enjoyed that. It was a great, uh, great company, wonderful company to work for and uh, retired from there. And then I had a couple of small office jobs part-time when I retired. And for about six months, I had a job that I really enjoyed. It was driving the bus at the airport terminal to go from long-term parking to get people to the terminal and back. And I just love talking to people, say, where are you going? And, you know, the little kids would say, we're going to Disneyland, you know, and they were all <laughs> yes. excited. And so that was a fun job. So I enjoyed that. But then I just decided, you know, it was time to, to quit working altogether. I just uh, retired uh, in full. So that's what I've been doing ever since. Where would you most like to visit that you haven't yet in the United States? Well, I mentioned that I love lake shipping and the Welland Canal. I believe it's it's either right on the border with the U.S. and Canada or actually in Canada. And that it's a number of locks that these huge ships have to go through if they want to get from, which lake would that be? Lake Erie, I believe out to the St. Lawrence Seaway and then across to the ocean, wherever they want to go in the world. I think it would be interesting for me to go down and watch those uh, locks and watch the ships go through and, and see uh, how that all works. I'd like to do that sometime. We've talked briefly here and there. We visited and I come see you and you know, spend 15 minutes here and then go on my way. But did I mention that I grew up near Lake Erie? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I was born and raised in northern Ohio near Port Clinton. Those are my stomping grounds. Okay. Yeah, near uh, Port Clinton, which is Lake Erie. Yeah, so I know Lake Erie very well. Yeah. And yeah. it's uh, the lakes that they have here are they make me giggle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Lake Havasu. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> pond, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like our Great Lakes, that's right. for sure. Tell us about your bobcat sighting the other day. 
Oh, that was uh, something that'll grab your attention, that's for sure. Probably about a week ago, something like that. Got up at midnight, and uh, I have a, a smoking habit, unfortunately. So I sat in the, the driver's seat of the van and uh, lit a cigar, and I saw something moving out of the windshield. I turned on my uh, running lights, I think they're called, which are they're not as bright as headlights, but lo and behold, here's this, what I at first thought was a, a large cat, house cat. You know, it had the pointy ears and so forth. And he just walked right up to my front bumper, kind of looking at me like, why are you turning lights on me, buddy? I, this is where I live, you know? So I, I hit the headlights and he still didn't move. I thought, oh, this is interesting. So then I started the van. I thought, that'll scare him away for sure. He ran around the side. He stopped for a moment. I have motion uh, detecting lights on all four sides of the van. And the light from that caught him. He stopped there, looked in the window at me, and then took off. And I just sat there and thought, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I I thought it uh, it certainly got my attention. It was a beautiful animal. I was surprised he was as small. Of course, it could have been a young one, but I, reading up the next morning on things about bobcats, they don't get to be very, very large, like two, two and a half times the size of a large uh, house cat, and that's about the size uh, he or she was. So it was uh, very interesting. I, I admit that it took me a little longer to get back to sleep than it normally does because I was thinking, do, how much do I have to be concerned about that? Right. I haven't had another sighting, and I'm, I'm not really worried about it. He just was being curious, that's all. Do you ever go outside in, in the dark at night? You know, I really, I don't. I don't either. And, and I, I don't know how much that bobcat has to do with it. I've seen coyotes. Yeah. You know, they they don't bother me. They, but actually, I don't. I just think, especially with Abby, I wouldn't want to be out there with her after dark. Just to be on the safe side, I, maybe I'm... So that's the difference between out boondocking and being in a city. And I, of course, you're in a city or a town because you, you live in your home right. when you're not traveling. But when I'm full-timer, I mean, I'm in cities probably as much as you. And, yeah, I mean, I could walk outside in my van and in the city. I mean, I don't want to, like, hang out out there because, you know, I'm okay to do. But out here, I don't because I don't want to run across a snake. And I know coyotes are doing their little their little partying going on out here, meeting with each other. Right. Um, doing what coyotes do in the middle of the night. <laughs> and you know they're partying out there. And now with the bobcats, yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. there's a lot of uh, night activity going on out here. Right. I'm just uncomfortable doing it. No, I agree. But in the city, I would get up and even if it's dark in the morning, early in the morning, I would step out of my van and walk around and maybe get something on the other side if I need to do that. But here, I don't do that. No. Yeah, I'm no. pretty much in, in the dark. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been fun talking with you, Paul. Very interesting. I do ask everybody a question. I don't think I uh, prepared you for it, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. If there was a billboard out there, and it was yours, and on a highway where everybody could see it, what would it say? What would it look like? Your own personal billboard. Wow. 
You know the first thing that pops into my head? Do you recall the Burma shave signs alongside the highway years and years ago? <laughs> what did they say? Oh, what? they all had some very comical, catchy sayings. I can't think of one right now. Okay. But, but that that's not what I'd put on my billboard. What okay. Would I, yeah. You know, I'm sitting here looking out the windshield of my van as, as you're interviewing me, I guess we could say, and I'm looking at a beautiful mountain. And... I think it was uh, John Muir. He was a naturalist many, many years ago, exactly. back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And I think John Muir is probably had a very large part to do with the land that we're sitting on. The fact that this is public land available for the public's use and he, uh, he made sure that there were lands set aside for us to enjoy. So anyway, I'm looking at that mountain, and, and I know John Muir is said to have uh, made this statement, the mountains are calling, and I must go. And to me, that's why I'm here. Those mountains called me and said, why don't you come out for a visit? So here I am. So that's what would be on my billboard, I guess, with a nice mountain in the there background, probably. It would be, yeah, I love yeah. it. Okay. Thank you so much, Paul. It was a real pleasure, and I know that everybody's going to enjoy hearing what you have to say. Well, I hope so. Yes. I, sounds a little boring to me, but... Uh, it's not to me, uh, and I know it won't be to our listeners also. So thank you, Paul. You're very welcome. It's good to be here with you. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of This Nomad Life. I hope you have a wonderful day or a wonderful evening or an afternoon, whatever time it is. Have a wonderful day. I know I'm going to as I live this nomad life.